0: welcome to another inspirational podcast at real life church for more great content and updates visit reallifech ksey.com far from God discover like purpose in Jesus you guys have sacrificed so much and we're excited to hear you guys' stories and so uh, we're going to interview them on the 29th and and um, uh, have a little fun time on Facebook Live when church left the building, and I'm sure they want to hear from you guys. So on the way out today, make sure you ask them about all the crazy stuff, and uh, they got stories after stories, but you guys just landed uh, this last week and just getting settled back in. So be praying for them, I encourage them, let them know how proud you are of them, and may I love you guys. Come on, get it for Jaron Rose one more time. Come on. So, we're jumping jumping into our second part of the series called Travel Light. And uh, last week, uh, we talked about letting go distractions, and some of you guys were distracted. I was, had my phone up here, and it was funny, I heard the story. Like, somebody was actually like, man, I can't believe the pastor's got a phone on stage. Like, t- unreal. Like, I start out the message, and uh, the person she was talking to uh, was like, I'm sure he's just messing around. And of course, it kind of turned into a thing. But, man, we get to distract people, and we talked about last week how their phone is the biggest distraction. Social media spend over two hours a day on there. And so, we talked about letting go of stuff that doesn't matter and holding the stuff that matters most. And so, today, we're going to jump into another idea, a concept that if you hold on to, you can be very destructive to your life in this season. And so we're going to dive into this, introduce the theme in Hebrews chapter 12. It says this, it says, make every effort. Somebody say every effort. Every effort. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Who knows it takes extra effort for some people. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's your chance, wives. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not sitting next to my, my wife right now. She's like, dude, you're preaching this message to yourself right now. But make some extra effort. Who knows, like, the ex takes some extra effort. You know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, you got that rude boss, a little extra effort. You got that person in line at the post office. Come on, somebody. You got to be there. Like, hey, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. That's kind, of the, that's kind of the sentiment you get after that, right? Like, real holiday season. But make every effort to live in peace, with everyone, to be holy, to see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So they are talking about letting go of bitterness. Man, this is going to be kind of a heavy day, just kind of a, a warning out there, uh, but I believe God's going to speak to us in so many ways. Am Man, I convinced our spiritual anim- enemy's tactic, really one of his missions, is to destroy relationships by poisoning our heart. I mean, if God can get us a focus, or Satan gives focus on the problems he gets focused on the past. If we can stare in the rearview mirror, if we can look at all the faults, if we can find all the negative, if we can see the defeats, if we can see all the, the hard work you put in and then the, the disappointment that didn't work out, if, if Satan can just poison your heart a little bit, the Bible talks about the root of bitterness. I believe that enemy will do everything possible to plant a seed of offense in your heart to poison it. I believe that I believe your spiritual enemy will do everything he can to plant just one little seed of offense in your heart, just plant it there to poison your heart. I man, think about this, the devil has to defeat you if he can poison the well you drink from. I man, from the inside out, if there's something happening down inside your heart, if he can poison who you are on the inside, he can destroy you. Think about small offenses that sometimes happen. Sometimes you're on Instagram and you got one of those followers that just likes everything all the time and leaves comments and one day you just find out they're not there and you're kind of scrolling through and like, man, they unfollowed you. You get a little offense, you know? Maybe you have that guy that didn't text you back last week. But you saw the bubbles you know what i'm talking about it popped up and then disappeared and you didn't see anything else and you just got like this little bit of offense in your heart like man why am i good enough to get back to why would you forget about me i mean you got that person that comes to your christmas meal every year you cook up the food you set up the plate you bought the gift but they're so unreliable and this year they just didn't show up right they like just got a little offense in your heart maybe something more significant maybe somebody has lied to you Maybe somebody took advantage of you. Maybe somebody tore down your reputation in front of people you cared about. Somebody said something that was just way off base and now there's an offense inside your life. Maybe it's a relative that's always critical. Come on, we know how to be like that, right? How you raise your kids, where you spend your money. Hey, where you go to church? Come on, somebody. can't believe you go to that real life church. Never would happen, right? I maybe mean, there's a person who takes advantage of you, maybe somebody who, who misled you, somebody who betrayed you, and there's just a seed of bitterness getting planted into your heart. I mean, here's a key thought for this morning. You can't control what people do, but you can always control how you respond. You can't control what people think about you. You can't control what people say about you. You can't people control what people do to you, but through God's grace and God's power, you can control how you respond to them today. And so we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about how do we respond with a godly response. Here's the problem with bitterness. is two things. First problem is this. Bitterness always has a dangerous root. Always has a dangerous root. It says this in Hebrews twelve fifteen. It says, see to it, church, no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. I Man, I think it's interesting the Bible used the word root to describe bitterness. Of all the words that God could pick for this, he picks the word root. What this really means, if you think about it in other terms, is there's something happened below the surface. I mean, bitterness is like an underground job. Like there's something slowly developing beneath the surface that nobody sees. There's something that's getting stronger and stronger and stronger every single day, but nobody knows it's going on. I mean, who knows that a bitter root can really suck the life out of you? I don't know if you've ever been bitter before. I've had seasons of bitterness where I was upset, and I was just like the most negative person. No amens. Thank you. (laughs) Diane's looking at me saying, I know. I mean, what do you mean were? No, (laughs) right? Like it can suck the life out of you. Maybe you've been hurt in the past. Maybe you've been through some of this stuff. Uh, Maybe you have a prodigal child. Maybe you have a a son or daughter who's run away from God, run away from you, and and you're just hurt. And you worked and worked and worked and just isn't working out and there's a seed of bitterness being planted in your heart. I I know about this. Maybe there's a disappointment in your life. Maybe you, you worked somewhere for a decade and got let go. This happened to somebody I was talking to us last week. I know it's happened to me. I don't know anything about this, but there's some disappointment, right? Maybe there's an offense in your life. Maybe somebody told you, hey, you'll never measure up. I Maybe mean, you can't count on that person. You heard them in passing. Maybe somebody said something in the hallway and you heard it and there's a, an offense in your heart. And I believe that Satan wants us to be offended. I believe Satan wants us to keep score. I believe Satan wants us below the surface to tally up all the negatives. Look for all the faults. Find all the problems. And look at all the things that didn't work out. And look at all the hard work you put into that situation and that thing. If you were going back, anybody gone back and measure something and go, man, I can't believe I did a lot. I can't believe I worked on that. Man, you believe they did that after all the work I did? And Satan wants us to tally up all the scores and just make our heart to be poisoned. Matter of fact, that bitterness turns to blame. Instead of looking inside, we can look out and we can say that circumstance or that person caused this. And I've said all these statements in my life, and maybe you can relate to me, but I've said this. If my dad was just there for me, so I kind of grew up with an absent father, and there's a season in my life where I thought, man, if my dad was there for me, I wouldn't have been in this situation. Man, I I would have been a little different. I would have been on my feet a little bit. I mean, if they would have showed up a little bit, maybe I had a little more confidence in this. Or maybe you said this in this season. Man, if my kids would just listen. Be like that today? Don't raise your hand, right? They're in the room. My kids would just listen to me. I mean, if they just follow through, if they just run the play. Maybe if you're talking about the team that you lead. I mean, if my team would just. You ever said that before? My team would just. I mean, that's kind of like a forbidden phrase, right? Like we always try to say, like, they won't. Like, they won't do this. They won't do that. Like I said, I failed to lead. But it's so easy to point the finger and say, man, if you just run the play, if you just do it the way I think it should be done. I mean, bitterness can keep a detailed record of all the wrongs, doesn't it? Just keeps a detailed record, it keeps a list, it's like the nigh list, you know what I'm talking about, just all the negatives. And somebody walks in, all of a sudden you're like, they're never gonna make it happen. You have this judgment that comes across. Think about this, when you when you're bitter, this is what you do, you point the finger out and you say, Man, you didn't do that. Man, if you would have shown up on time, hey dad, if you're there for me, hey, if you would have finished what you started, hey, if you'd have paid that bill on time, hey if you would have if you would have back talked, if you would have da-da-da-da, right, That's what we do, right? We get super bitter. But you gotta remember when you're when you're bitter and you point a finger, there's three fingers pointing back, right? I'll say this a poisonous heart always points the finger. A poisoned heart always points the finger. If you're around somebody who's always pointing out all the things, you might just look in your own heart and say, hmm, maybe there's something going on. I got three fingers pointing back at myself today. Let remind you of the true love that God has for us. What, what does he say about this? What does God talk about love? Some of you guys read this verse and made this vow on the marriage altar. It's in 1 Corinthians 13. It says this, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it does not easily, it's not easily angered, and it what? What does it say? It keeps no, keeps no record of wrongs. That's a tough one, isn't it? It keeps no records of, Love does not keep a list. Love, love isn't conditional, like, if you, if you did it right last time, then I'm going to trust you this time. Love isn't conditional, like, I'm going to love you if, I mean, I care about you, but now. Like, there's no, there's no record of wrongs in love. Matter of fact, if you keep a list, God knows what's going to happen. That list is going to get longer and longer and longer. you ever kept a list before? I know I've kept, I'm just the only one, that's cool. <laughs> but I've kept a list, Right? Like, you just measure up, and if you've had kids, you're like, oh, man, there's just there's so many, ah, and you get this long list. And what happens is, it gets bigger and bigger, right? And that root grows bigger and bigger. Matter of fact, it gets stronger and stronger. And the longer you keep that root of bitterness in your life, guess what? The harder it is to kill. The harder it is to kill. Man, matter of fact, what happens is, we don't just keep a list, we start making a judgment, don't we? We'll say stuff like, man, she'll never make it. You ever had anybody say that to you? You could never make it? You ever tell you that? Hey, you know what? You can't trust that person. There's no way in H-E double hockey sticks that person's going to change. You know what I'm talking about. You had the conversation around the table like, man, we're going to give up on that because we're so bitter. There's something that happened in our life. I'm here to tell you that bitterness has a dangerous root. The second thing this is bitterness produces a poisonous fruit. You guys like that? Dangerous root, poisonous fruit. Come on, somebody. I rhyme this thing for you guys. It's been all week. What do you think I do all week? <laughs> Just pray. Rhyme it out. Rhyme it out. I get brownie points today, don't I? No brownie points? Okay. It's all right. I'll Thank you, Holly. Thank you. I like that. Hebrews twelve fifteen. See to it, no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Sometimes I think bitterness just affects ourselves. Like, it's just me. Like, it's nobody I can be bitter. But that root grows up and it produces a poisonous fruit. Who knows you can have one bitter person in your life group and all fall apart? Who knows you can have a bitter person in your family becomes divided? I mean, there's so many families that have this story. I mean, I, my family's no exception to this story. I've been around that my entire life. There's a bitter person and it's divided. You know, for some of us, you go to the workplace, and there's one bitter person. All of a sudden, there's just us versus them Creating the work environment is terrible. You don't want to show up to work. I mean, some of you guys are thinking right now, I hope so-and-so is here today to hear this message, right? Like, they better be praying they come to the second gathering. Pastor Petrie, you better, you better straighten them out of your preaching today. This message is for them. But I want to encourage you guys, before you uh, get to, to hell-bent on a point of the finger at somebody else, maybe you've got time to look in the mirror. And this is one of those sins that's so hard to see in yourself. I mean, it's so hard to see when you look in the mirror because we're so justified, like, we'd be so justified in our sin. Like, we, we, we deserve this. Like, if, if, if they didn't do that, I wouldn't be this way. I mean, I would not be angry if they would have fill in the blank. Like, we can justify. It looks like this. This is, how, this is our mindset. And, this, and I've done this so many times. We'll say, man, I gave my best. Man, I put the extra effort in. Man, I, I did the extra credit, you know. And it didn't work out. I ran the extra mile. It didn't work out. And now I can do what I want. So I'm justified. Because I did my best, and now I'm justified to do what I want. So now I can quit. Now now, now, I, can, now I can be angry. Now I can say what I really think. Now, now I can have the meeting after the meeting. Now I can just be critical. Now, 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 I can, now I can be upset. Now I can start yelling. Come on, somebody, right? Now I can jump up and down like a third grader. You know what I'm talking about, right? We can get a tantrum. We can throw things. Like We can be completely justified in what we do because somebody else made this way. And I just want to tell you a little secret. And this is something we try to teach uh, here at Real Life and in, in, our, in our culture, is that we give our best and then some, and it's what you do after you give your best that makes the biggest difference. It's what you do after you give your best. It's what you, what you do when you come to the end to yourself. It's, it's, what, it's what you do when you run out of patience. It's what you do when you find out your kid lied to you. It's what you do when You've had enough. It's what you do when you work faithfully for 10 years at a job and you get laid off. It's what you do when you're Clark Giswold and, and instead of getting a bonus, come on somebody, you just get a subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club. It's what you do in those moments of life when you're defeated. It's what you do when you've been to counseling for 40 times and it's not making a difference. It's what you do when you moved in different rooms in the house and you don't know what to do next. It's what you do when you're defeated. It's what you do when you're losing. It's what you do when you have nowhere else to turn. It makes the biggest difference when the rug is ripped out, when the pain is real. What you do in that moment will make the biggest difference. And here's the truth of the matter, that we can be really easily self-deceived into believing that we have a right to be bitter. I've been there. I don't know about you, but I've been there. Anybody been there with me? Come on, somebody. Somebody's been there, you know, it's like, I've, I've been bitter, right? And we can easily get in a spot where we're so bitter, and instead of, instead of loving the things that we love the most, we begin to hurt the things that we care about the most. That's why you ask yourself the question, do you have a root of bitterness in your life? Is there, is there a grudge you're holding on to? I mean, is there a wound that maybe you're nursing? Is there, is, there a, is there a defeat? Is there an offense that you're holding on to? Is there somebody you're like, hmm, I can't forgive that person. There, there's a debt that they owe me. There's something you're holding over them. If are not careful, we can come to, to real life and come to church and we can, we can raise our hands and worship and say, I love you, Jesus, and we can receive the love of God. But inside, we could hate the person sitting next to us. We can be like, man, they're looking at each other. <laughs> Don't call me out like that. You love me. You better love me. Right? But we can hate the person next to us. Or we can hate somebody at the office we can hate somebody that, 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 that manipulated us and left. And there's somebody holding the past. And so we don't even see it all. But, man, we're bitter inside our hearts. I mean, if we're not careful, I mean, we can drink the poison inside of our hearts. We can receive the grace that God has given us. We can be forgiven. And we can be like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I mean, I'm, I'm healed. I'm restored. I'm made new. And then we can hold on to that forgiveness and not share it with anybody else. We can hold on to that. We can, we can hold somebody in debt because, man, they just, they just wronged me too much. Man, they, just, they treat me so poorly. I can, I can never forgive that person. Man, instead of being an instrument in the hand of God, we can easily be a well of poison. Instead of being a life-giving person, we can easily be a life-taking person. You don't know you're there, probably. You probably don't know because it's like, man, that's not me. I'm justified. But when you take a long look in the mirror, you can realize, man, that maybe we've walked a little farther than we were supposed to. And I not about you, but I'm kind of tired of Satan getting the glory for some things in my life. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of getting, Satan getting the glory of my family, I'm tired of Satan getting glory in so many churches that have been divided and so many great things that God is trying to accomplish and one bitter person steps in. I'm so tired of that. How about you? Are you tired about that? I'm just tired of Satan getting any of the glory for my life where I'm taking my focus off of him distracted by bitterness. So today we're going to talk about how do you kill bitterness? How do you kill the root of bitterness? It says in Ephesians 4.31, it says, get rid of all bitterness. Because that's easy. That's it. That's the end of the message. Drop the mic, right? Get rid of all bitterness. Rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And I love this. This is how we do it. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ. And here's the easy part, right? Just as in Christ, God forgave you. See, God's asking us to have the heart of compassion. Compassion kills the bitterness. Now, some of you are like, man, there's no way. Like, there's a tension. Because that person that, that offended me, that person that hurt me, you're asking me to have compassion on. That person that took advantage of me, that person that destroyed my reputation, that cost me so much money, so much time, that cost me my kids, that cost me these things. You asked me to have compassion on that person. And here's a secret, man. The laws of heaven are almost always opposite of the laws of nature, the laws of human nature, the laws of heaven. Think about this. When When the Bible says that somebody fights you, what are you supposed to do? Fight back. No, you're supposed to do the opposite, right? You want to fight back, but the Bible says turn the other cheek. And if somebody steals your stuff, what are you supposed to do? Nobody knows. I like that. Give him your cloak as well. Give him your coat, right? That's what the Bible says. But we want, we want to steal back, right? We want to get even. The Bible says you will be the grace and the kingdom in heaven. You know what you're supposed to do? You're not supposed to compete. You're supposed to serve. It's the same thing for us. When we have a bitterness in our heart, we're supposed to have compassion. I know it's like the most unnatural thing to do. You're thinking, man, I'm just so bitter. They deserve this. I have the right to. But God's saying, just have some compassion, this is what the Bible says. When somebody's rude to you, it says this: be compassionate, be kind and compassionate to one another. I Man, somebody does evil to you. It says Romans twelve twenty one: says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I'm telling you this morning: you can't control what people do, but you can control how you respond. I'll play this out for you in a very, very practical way this morning. And so I need some help. I need who's where's my married couples in the house? Where's my married couple? If you're married, this is how married couples do it anyway. Like, I'm not married. <laughs> okay. You know, where's my newlyweds? Any newlyweds in the house? <laughs> that's right i love you jared that's right yeah it's just it's been the best i don't know how long it's been it's gone so fast baby all right jaren rose come up on stage come up here <laughs> give it up for jaren rose man oh man this is gonna be good i was kind of hoping you guys would come up here <laughs> see that's why i know you're newlywed right there brother <laughs> oh i love it well everybody so now you guys know jaren rose so um, let's let's see. How long have you guys been married? Well, it's four. Well, let's, years. Let's I'm a smart man. Four years. Four years. You going say four? Forever. Forever. <laughs> In a good way. In a good way. all right, We will check your theology, but we'll get there. No, just kidding. Um, sorry, that was a terrible joke. All right, so. Uh, let's see. We'll start with Rose. Um, so when you guys were dating, uh, what did you oh, find man. most attraction? Like, what attracted you do to Jared? What was it about him that, that besides his dashing good looks? <laughs> his humor. His humor. Is he, is his. Special. It's, <laughs> it's special. <laughs> she said it, folks. She said it. Oh, man. She has a quote. She's got a, You got to say it. What? What you used to always say. Oh, I said, uh, <clears throat> we were just friends. And I said, Jared, I can't wait to. Meet your future wife. She's gonna be so special. <laughs> <laughs> you like takes one to no know one, huh? That's how it rolls. So Jared, so what attracted you to Rose? What was it? What was the when you were dating that just the. Uh... Well, there are three things. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> she's godly. I know she's gorgeous, and she can make biscuits and gravy. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say. I knew you were gonna say that. Godly, good looking, can make gravy. I love it. All right, come out here. Come over here, stand, stand over here. Alright, so you didn't know that all those. Yeah, whatever you want to do. We'll, we'll get there. Alright. But you, you, didn't know, you didn't know when you were dating this good looking guy here, that all those jokes he had, man, that, that one day, because you guys haven't been married long, maybe. Four man, years. Four years yeah, you, yeah, they've probably been there. I man, you never knew that those jokes one day, man, they might just get might just get a little annoying. Here's here's your here's your offense. This is you might just get a little offended by his jokes. Maybe, maybe you were telling jokes to the family part. Wow. Sometimes I feel like so we need marriage counseling, guys. We're gonna go wrap this up. Let's go and pray. Um, but yeah, you, you didn't know, you didn't know that those jokes just may get offensive at some point. You were at the family table with his family, and you 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 told you a joke that it was about you, and you kind of but the joke, and you're like, man, that was it was funny four years ago, but now I've heard it hundred times. It's just not so funny. And you might just get a little offended. That that would never happen, huh? And then Jared, like when you she show up on the dates. And she would show up all pretty and had everything done out. And her hair's blowing the wind. You're like, whoa, she's so awesome. Yeah, I cheat. I wrote it on there because I'm old. So you can do that. Now you can remember the offense. So she's all pretty. And then you got married. You realize that it was like two and a half hours of work in the morning. And she's blow drying her hair. And she's getting pretty. And you're like, man, we got to be on time, babe. We got to get there. We got to get there. Come on, babe. Let's go. Let's go. It's okay. You look pretty. It's awesome. Oh, it's the other way around? Oh, you didn't know. Her jokes. You didn't know that was going to be offensive. That He had to do his hair in the morning for two and a half hours. You're waiting to get there. Okay. You didn't know there might be just a, a little bit of a fence. Oh, man. You didn't know that he was still living at home when you married him. He liked his mama's cooking. Are you living at home when you married? Yeah. Yes. I was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, We'll I take my. it. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. And you didn't know like, when you spent all day making that awesome recipe and getting all together for him. And he sat down at dinner and he, he sliced it in that meatloaf. It was so good, wasn't it, Jared? Well, she hates meatloaf. Oh, you hate meatloaf. <laughs> so like I said, when he made that meatloaf, We're messing up this example. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. And Jared goes, man, this meatloaf is so good, but man, I miss my mom's meatloaf. It was just so moist. You didn't know. you are get a little offended. You know what I'm talking about. It was just, wasn't good enough. Wasn't it like growing up, was it? Who cooks better, your, your mom or, or Rose? Uh-huh. Uh, don't answer that one. <laughs> Somebody get some offense out there, right? Oh, man, this could be either one of you. This could be either one of you. That would be better. All right, so when you were when you're dating Rose, yeah, you know, she was so carefree, right? I mean, she was just like in the wind. She's like a unicorn. You, 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 it's like she's just been spotted. That's the only difference with her. And she just goes around with everything. It's like, go with the flow. And then you get married, and she just doesn't like follow the Dave Ramsey Excel sheet you made. No, that's not it either. Numbers. <laughs> numbers. Yeah, that's right. Numbers. I'm sorry for all these Mac people. Right. But you didn't know she didn't know she was going to just keep being carefree and you're trying to conform her to your way. Cause now I'm preaching to myself. Right. And so I'm trying to like, I'm trying to criticize instead of complete, I'm, all these illustrations are from my life. So I'm just forcing this on you today, but you didn't know that that might just be a little offensive or wherever this offense goes. Cause you guys are so close to each other. Oh man. When you were dating. Man, it was so different. He was writing you notes every day. Oh, man, he was putting the little thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, used to. yeah, used to. yeah just, there's the truth, right? The flowers were coming. He was pursuing you. And the day you got married, whew, it's just gone. I mean, your anniversary came by and mm, he, forgot. No, he forgot. He forgot. No, yeah, he never forgot again, did he? he but you might get a little offended, right? Oh, Jared, man, you guys got newlyweds. You were married that first couple years and chasing each other around. And then Ooh. kids. Mm. Mm. It was kids. Mm. Now, now what happens is it's just Netflix, Jared. Just Netflix. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, <laughs> you just kidding? Just, just Netflix. No, no all right, you guys gotta come together. Put these together. See if you can't make this. You know what I'm talking about. You gotta be on one side. So I mess this all up. I'm a terrible leader. I can't do this. Go the other way. All right, here we go. No one would look you the back. Oh, Hold this for me. Separated. Here you go. Yeah. All these offenses made offense, right? All these offenses. They just add up over time. Like, this is what happens. We get over here and we're like, I don't know what happened to us. I mean, we were so close. Man, mean, we used to be best friends. Jared, you're really working on that, buddy. I like that. He's, he's a construction guy. You can tell. No, not. <laughs> but you get offended, right? You get offended. And all, all of a sudden, it all adds up. You're like, and this is what I would say. Like, we just grew apart. We just grew apart. I don't know what happened to us. And years and years later in our marriage, we just don't know how we got here today. And I want to talk about how do we tear down the fence? I know Jared's going to show us, but how, <laughs> how do we tear down the fence? There's a verse in the Bible that says this. Jesus says it best in Luke 6, 6. He says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Who knows that prayer is the best way to have compassion? Who knows it's hard to hate somebody that you're praying for? Who knows when you pray for somebody, it may not change them, but it always changes you. Who knows, it's hard to be offended when you're praying for something. And so over here we got Jared. Man, I just want to be the best husband I can be. I, I, I know, I know Rose sometimes uh, spends two and a half hours getting ready, and sometimes I do. But you know what? I'm, I'm just going to drop the offense. I'm going to give that to God. Ooh, that was loud. I like that. That's, yeah, that's good. We're serious. Good. That was real serious. I mean, I'm just praying for my family. I want to be the best wife I can be. I know, I know sometimes Jared, here we go. He's working hard and watching football sometimes. He didn't write those notes to me, but I know he loves me. I know he's here for me. I, mean, I want to be the best wife I can be. I'm going to go ahead and drop that offense. I mean, some of you guys, you have got, you got the kids and it takes all the time in, in, in your life to raise your kids. And you don't feel like you're getting any affection. You're like third on a list or fifth on a list. You know, the dog's above you. We take family pictures and they say, hey, can you fit into the background? You know what I'm talking about. I've been there, right? Wear the camo and the trees and just hold the kids, right? And all of a sudden it's like, man, you know what? My, my wife is a great mom. Man, thank God that she's a great mom. You know, I'm so proud to have a kid that has a mom that loves them and cares for them. Man, I'm going to drop the offense. I'm going to get past that. I'm going to have some compassion in my life. Man, it's hard to hate somebody you're praying for, so you're like, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to drop this one. Like, I know I don't like my meatloaf. It's okay. I don't, ooh, sorry, Andrew. I didn't hit that, but I didn't really. But man, I'm going to have some, I mean, I'm going to write some notes. I'm going to pursue my wife. I know she's not pursuing me. I know my husband's not chasing me down, but I'm going to pursue them. These guys are making fun of me for hitting stuff. But I'm not pursuing. I'm not, I'm not going to just quit because they're not following me. I've made some mistakes. God, help me forgive them. God, God heal my marriage. God, change me for this. So I'm just going to drop the offense. I'm, I'm going to get rid of this. And then we can drop this last one because I ran out of things to say. But we can just drop the offense. Now you got it down. Just throw it down. Just drop it. You guys can give each other a kiss and go off my stage. No, no, no. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah, the, oh, you can't the kiss history. in Africa. Is that a thing? Like, yeah, PDA. It's it, yeah. well, let's break it right now this morning. We're breaking tradition. Come on, everybody, give it up for Jaron Rose. Come on, give it up. Man, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. And some of you are like this. You're like, man, you don't know what he did to me. Some of you are like, if you knew what I've been through, like it's easy to say, preacher boy. It's easy to say, like, drop the offense. I mean, if you grew up in the house I grew up in, like, if you had the dad I had, if you, if you, whatever, right? And we could sit there and be like, now, how do you forgive somebody? that's seemingly unforgivable. Like, how do you do that? How do you forgive like Christ forgave us? Because I don't know anybody that could have been offended. Like, I don't know anybody that could have carried a cross. Like, I, I don't know anybody that had a right to make a list. I, I don't know anybody who had the right to make a list to hold all the wrongs against us. I don't know anybody who's was innocent and, it ch- and changed, and exchanged all of their things that were good for all of my wrongs. I don't know anybody like that that said, hey, I'm going to freely forgive you. I-, I don't know anybody like that. you guys know anybody like that this morning? Anybody know Jesus this morning? Where are you guys at? Come on, somebody. I can forgive because Christ forgave me. How did Christ forgive you? Christ forgave you freely. Christ didn't say, hey, if you measure up today, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to hold that against you, but if you're not good enough, then I'm not going to love you. Christ loves us unconditionally. Christ loved us completely. Christ forgave us. I know we can be so bitter and we can hold on, but you know what? It's like drinking your own poison and expect the other person to die. I hope you die. The only person changed by your bitterness is you and everybody you touch. That person you're bitter at, he's not changing. She's not changing. It's not changing. You gotta gotta go to the cross of Jesus. We can go to the cross and say, you know what? I'm going to be forgiven because somebody forgave me. This cross is getting heavy, so I'm going to set it down because I'm not working out enough to to hold up these pickets for too long, right? But you can kill bitterness with forgiveness. We can forgive others. We can stop letting the root of bitterness grow up and hurt ourselves and hurt those around us. You can spend your whole life reliving the pain. You can spend your whole life looking back and going, man, I can't believe that person did that. Rewind. I can't believe that person did that. Rear mirror. I can't believe that person did that. It can rehearse it over and over and over again. You keep drinking that poison. Keep drinking that poison and expect somebody else to die, somebody else to change, somebody else to just get what's given to them. They should just get what they deserve. But God says you can just release it. You can just give it to Him. The Bible says this, when you, when you, or the great quote says this, it says when you forgive somebody, you realize you set a prisoner free and you discover that person was you. When you forgive somebody, you're not changing that person. You're changing yourself. You're releasing them. You're holding the debt over their head. And you're saying, you know what? This is no longer mine. Like, I can't hold this in my spot. Like, God wants to carry that for you. God doesn't want you to carry that burden. Jesus went to the cross. He died for your sins yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I love this. It's God's fight. And if you're upset with somebody, give it to God. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. Like, you don't have to get even. You just have to give it to God. For some of us, man, there's real pain in our life. There's real loss. And you can say, you know what, that guy it'll never fill the hole. But you know what, God can fill the hole. God can heal you. I love the verse that God will take ashes and turn it to beauty. God can take any mistake, any pain, any wound, any words, any situation, and he can turn it into good for him. God can heal your heart. God can change your life. Just thank God for the wound. Thank God for the pain. Thank God for that person who said that thing. Thank God for your boss who fired you. Thank God for the situation because guess what, God's using it. God's used it to change people's lives. You can say, you know what? The bearer of the cross, I'm going to hold a high because I can forgive people in the name of Jesus because he forgave me. I mean, you can't control what people do. I mean, you can't control what people say, but you can control how you respond. I'm telling you something. When you give your best and you give your best and it doesn't work out, man, give your best again because it makes the biggest difference. Give compassion to people. Give compassion. Pray for people. Pray for your spouse. It's, it, it's a hard season. We grew apart. Oh man, I put some offenses up. Well, I'm going to tear down the fence today. I'm going to forgive somebody today that have been holding some bitterness in my heart for years and years and years. I believe there's a marriage today that needs to hear this. I don't, there's not a week that goes by as a pastor of this church. I don't talk to somebody whose marriage is on the rocks. And typically, it's the offense. It's just a life of offense. And so we're going to tear down the fence. There's some marriage to be restored. There's some families reunited. There's some prodigal children that may come home. Man, there's some friendships that could be healed. I'm going to tell you this this morning. If nothing changes. If nothing changes, even if you pray and have compassion and you forgive and nothing changes, you're still going to give your best, aren't you? Because you're not going to let bitterness show up in your life because you're going to set a prisoner free today. And that prisoner is going to be you. In the name of Jesus, you're going to be free today. Father, come before you. God, we thank you so much for the freedom we have in Christ. God, I pray your spirit just do work in our hearts, God. I pray that we wouldn't be bitter, God, that we would get better today. God, I pray by the power of your son that we be set free today, God, that we're not going to drink our own poison. God, help us not to get better, but to get better. Across this room, there are those of you who are Jesus followers. Man, you're deeply aware of what God has done for you. He's forgiven all of your sins, and you embrace that today. I know there's a lot of emotion in the room right now for so many of us. And some of you, some of you have been asked to have some courage this morning. There are some of you today that have a root of bitterness that's poison your heart. Man, it needs to be excavated and destroyed. A little bit. Yeah, take your time. Hey, that's where I want you. Exactly where I need you. God speaks to you. this moment in my life. I can remember distinctly where God has spoken to me. that wasn't some audible voice of God and a tablet fell from the sky. And it said. But it was as clear as day in my head that God told me certain things. I remember back in 2001, I went on a mission trip to Mexico. I was coming back over the, the border from Mexico to the United States. And I thought the trip was over. You know they got the armed guards and we're taking our luggage out because who knows american customs is a little more difficult than going down to mexico and so we're taking our luggage out of the bus and we're coming in there and i'm like yeah what a great trip and you know whatever and there's a guy from bunt Life his name was mike we called him witnessing mike and uh some of you might have known this guy and he's he's passed away since this trip and he had these cards or these cards these coins he'd go out and he'd witness the people and one side was about sin and the other side was about the gospel of jesus and he'd go around he would just share jesus with people And so I remember coming up to this, kind of the border crossing and they have armed guards, the Mexican National Guard or whoever the soldiers were, they're standing there with their AK-47s and they're just at attention waiting. And this man, Mike, witnessing Mike, he goes up to these guards, I'm like, this trip's over. And he goes up to him, and he starts sharing the coin. He starts telling about Jesus. I stood about 10 feet away looking at him going, what was I thinking? Like I thought I was on a missions trip, but Jesus told me we're on a mission. Mike knows we're on a mission. Like, this mission is over just because the mission? Trip. Mission, What was I thinking? Like, souls matter. And God spoke to me and said, this isn't a trip, son. This is a calling in your life. You're on a mission for souls. And I watched that man. I thought, man, I want to be like Mike. Like, I want to be the soul winner. Like, I'm the kind of person that shares Jesus just because the trip's over? What are you thinking? Like, crazy. And God just spoke to me. and said, souls matter. I remember going on a, on a trip in 2013 to Columbia, South America, listening to Craig Lingo, this missionary. This is right before he got on the plane to leave. He said, you know, God's writing a new song in your guys' lives. I'm like, he is? Like, what, what are you talking about? He began to tell about his story of condemnation and shame, how God just kept, or Satan kept telling him he wasn't good enough. He was struggling with pornography. He was struggling with his lust of his life. And just Satan kept telling him, you're never going to make it. You're never going to be good enough. And this Bible talks about there's a new song that God's going to write in your life. And he said, God's going so I'm like, man, God, give me a song. Like God's going to say, I'm going to give you a new song. He's speaking to me. I'm like, I'm not longer going to live in condemnation. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to live with the voice of the critic or the distraction or the big problems around me. Because guess what? Jesus is on the water. And he's calling me out on the water to him. So I'm going to live differently. God spoke to me that moment and said, son, you got to go for yourself. You're a chosen loved son of the king. You're a prince in the kingdom, but don't live, don't settle for what this world says. Don't be good. Don't try to follow everybody else's plans. Follow God's plans for your life. You might surrender my life that day once again. In this, today, in this world, in my time, I come home, my house is destroyed like a whirlwind. I got two kids, like little terrorists, I mean, just kids that run around, right? Like the whole place is destroyed. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm the kind of guy, I'm like, we got people over all the time. Like we office out of my house for the church. Like we got band practice, worship practice. We have all these people all the time. So I was like, man, I gotta keep the house up. And so I'll make it perfect. I'll make it perfect. I'm perfect. And God just spoke to me and so said, embrace the season. Embrace the season. They're just gonna be me messed up for now. Like there's gonna be stuff everywhere. You can't have it both ways. And God said to me specifically, you're gonna miss, you're gonna miss the mess. You're gonna miss the mess. One day the mess isn't gonna be there. One day you're gonna go home and it's going go like this. It's awfully quiet. They're going to graduate. They're going to be on doing their thing. I got one moment in time to be the dad I need to be to my kids, amen? And God's calling me not to pick up the stuff like Martha, like I'm going to run around crazy and make everything perfect and everything's going to be all in place and I'm going to be OCD crazy. I know Jesus will get to you and kids, I'll get to you and wife, I'll get to you, but I'll get all this stuff figured out and I'll be off. No, 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 no. God wants me to be the best dad I can be right now. I want to say to my kids, and say, I love you, I'm praying for you, I want to show you Jesus. I want to lead you, I want to make you know that I'm proud of you. When you have a problem in your life, I want you to run to me first. Like, I'm going to be here for you. Like, there's a mess, that's okay, we're going to deal with the mess. We'll get the mess cleaned up eventually when you get, when you get your little chores, okay? But today you're not getting that, right? Like, I want to be that person. And so I'm not going to miss the main thing, be distracted by all this other stuff. So often we're distracted by this stuff in our life. I believe God is calling us to come out and walk out on the water. God's calling us to look for what's most important. Just like Peter, we're going to step out and say, You know what? I don't have all figured out, but God, I'm going to follow you today. God, I'm not going to be distracted on social media. I mean, seven years of my life, if I go to heaven, I'm like seven weeks. Come on, somebody. I might be embarrassed. I might be embarrassed to think I spent that much time on the phone. Like I could have been investing in something that was worthwhile, something so important, something significant, something that would change the course of history. Now I'm going to distance myself from the distractions. I'm going to focus on Jesus. I'm going to fight to focus. Somebody say, Fight. I'm going to fight. I'm going to make that fight. Like, I'm I'm tired of being distracted. Think about the time we spend every week. Do a log of your your time. And see where you spend all of your time. Man, today, I just encourage you to choose best. Man, let go of the distractions. Follow God's plan for your life. Man, choose what matters most today. Father God, we come before you. God, I pray that we would choose best. God, that we wouldn't be distracted by stuff. God, in this season, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, God, that we'd be focused on you, God. We'd be distracted by our phone. God, we'd be distracted by what somebody else wants for our life. We'd be distracted by the words around us, God, the mounds around us, God, all the waves and the sea. But God, we'd fix our eyes on you today. There are those of you today that are going to say, you know what? I have really good intentions, but you know what? I've been distracted. But today, I want God to call me out on the water. He's calling me out of the boat. I want to step, I want to step out in this room, and I want to say yes to God. I want to, choose my, I want to choose best today. I want to focus on what matters most. God's calling me away from my distractions. He wants me to focus on Him today. If that's you, just lift your hand high in this room and say, I want to focus on Jesus today. I see your hands. Man, almost every person across this room, just pray with me. Father God, to thank you so much for making clear what is most important. Sometimes you just tell us, Martha, Martha, Martha. You're just missing the most important thing. God, help us not to be distracted by the, the circumstances and the problems. God, we know the closer we get to you, the farther we get out in the waves, God. We're not going to be distracted by the problems. We're not going to be critical of the problems. We're going to thank God that you put us here to solve the problems. God, help us never forget the miracles you did before we walked on the water. God, remind us of what you did across the world. God, what you do by feeding the 5,000. God, we're not on this race by ourselves. God, help us to distance ourselves from our phone, from video games, from things that take us away from your calling, and the most important things in our life, God, Holy Spirit, just prompt us. Just prompt us. Just we'll say yes to you. Say go left, we go left. Just prompt us again and again and again. God, we're faithful to you and say yes to you. Every time you speak to to us, we hear your voice, we're going to follow you. You Some of you, as we continue praying, you're going to choose best today. Today, you're going to make the decision that's going to change your life forever. Be real honest with me. You'd say, you know, I've been distracted from God by most of life. Maybe you've given up on church. Maybe you've given up on God. And right now, you know what? You have no spiritual direction. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I'm just kind of floating through this whole spiritual thing. I'm not having any direction in my life. And today, God is just, he's piqued your interest. He's calling you to himself. What is that? That's the goodness of God. That's the grace of God. That's just Jesus saying, come, come on out, step out of the boat, come follow me. That's a loving kindness of God. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to your life, saying, Martha, Martha, hey, I know you've missed it. You focused on something that's not important. as the main thing, but I'm here and I love you. It's so easy to be distracted because we have sin nature. Because we're just about self. We're, we're born with this. We're shaping this. We do these things away from God and it's so easy to walk away from Jesus. But God sent Jesus to bring us back to himself. He's on a rescue mission for us. Paul said that Jesus was perfect and sinless. He lived a perfect life. He went to the cross and he died for every single one of our wrongs. All the distractions he died for. He died for everything we did, every idle word, every wrong thing, every moment of addiction, every time we turn back to it. Jesus died for it, and nailed it to the cross, and he offers the gift of life. The Bible says that he rose from the dead on, the, dead on the third day, defeating death, hell, and the grave for us. The Bible says that anybody trusts in him alone will have eternal life. This is good news for us because Jesus wants relationship with you today. Jesus wants you to accept him. If you if you're tired of living the distracted life, the mundane life, even maybe the good life, but you want the best life. Jesus says he will save you. He will set you free. He will call you home today. He'll give you a purpose. So anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. It's not gonna be your life. It's gonna be the abundant life. When you call on him, he'll make you new. So maybe today you're gonna say yes to Jesus. So if that's you, you're gonna say yes to his forgiveness across the stream. If you raise your hand high, nobody looking and say, I want yeah, I want Jesus today. I want to say yes to him. Maybe like that across this space, so I want to say yes to Jesus if that's you, just pray this prayer inside your heart. Say, Father God, thanks so much for sending Jesus. God, thank you for sending your best for us. God, thank you for sending your son. I've been distracted by so many things, but today I know you're calling me home. God, you're calling me to follow you. I'm not being distracted by the world because I see you clearly today. God, use my life. I'm gonna follow you. And I praise in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, give it up.